Petersfield's Shine Radio. I'm here at Durley Marsh Farm. It's an absolutely gorgeous morning. There isn't a cloud in the sky. There's a little breeze. You might be able to hear that. And I'm sat with Paul Abbott. Hi, Paul. How are you? Oh, Claire. Hi. It's nice to see you again on this lovely sunny day, sat in amongst the lavenders. We are. We are. And how lovely. What a great place to be because it does smell gorgeous. And I'm here to talk to you about lavender because you know a few things about lavender, Paul, I understand. I've had my dealings with lavender in the past, yeah. I once was owner of Isle of Wight Lavender, there was only about three of us in the country. And uh, yeah, I've spoken about the subject all around the world, in America, etc. Bred new varieties and so on. Now I'm more of a pick-your-own-fruit gardener, but i still got a passion for lavender. So what started your love of lavender? Well, years ago, um, I was in my 20s, I suppose, late 20s, before, sadly, I lost my mum. And when she passed away, we had to diverse the farm into something new. And she always said to me, Paul, there's something in herbs. And I never forgot it. And it was happened to be one day I bought a variety, which was what they call an intermediate, tall hybrid variety, called Arabian Night. And I'll never forget it, putting it on the wall, and I smelt this lavender, and I just had this sort of epiphany, as it were, and uh, fell in love with the plant. And, and I guess it goes from there. What did you do after that? Well, it started really with the cosmetics. Initially, we were putting in um, lavenders in the field, which was taking time while we were renovating the farm itself. Over the course of time, we were then harvesting and distilling on site and making our own cosmetics. It's just one of those things, you start getting into something and then the passion starts taking over. And then before you look around it, you've got 180 different cultivars in your fields. So that's how it sort of started. So I was, I was literally collecting and then collected again all around the world. I was lucky to be able to collect in America and New Zealand. Met some of the really leading specialists out there, a lady called Virginia McNaughton, who had a, an amazing collection at that time. Really difficult to get back from New Zealand, the, the stuff. I had to cut it up in little cuttings and hope that I saved some, which I did. And basically the collection went on from there. I think there was about 180 different cultivars at that time. Now, that's not just your traditional Angustifolias or English varieties. It was everything from Dentatas to Pinatas to the Stokus varieties, hybrids, intermediates, etc., etc. So it was a vast family out there. I didn't realise there were that many different varieties of lavender. What's your favourite lavender? Oh, I don't know. I've, I've got so many. I've got one what I've bred now, actually, which is an amazing look of lavender, and I'm hoping to get it propagated at some point. It's just producing the, this wonderful, fragrant, long pink flower, about two inches long, and it's, it's stunning. And I've also just created one that's for field oils, which, again, I'm, I've got a lot of uh, love for. It's taken me about four years to get the right one, but it produces, again, a lovely, long, dark flower. That's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, um, it's one that can be used for multi-use, so you can use it as a cut flower, or you can use it as a, a really high-end angustifolia oil so it's again if you tend to find that most oils that go into cosmetics are one called grosso which is a quite a hybrid lavender or lavendin it is and it's more camphorous whereas you've got the traditional english angustifolias and people probably know the name of hidcote and munstead and all that sort of thing they're traditional english angustifolias and you're looking for a heady scent, something that gives you that romance and that, you know, smell and that. Now, if you can get that into a cosmetic, which is more floral, it makes that oil far more valuable and uh, far nicer into anything you make. Yes, so there was a couple of Munstead, Hidcoat, Imperial Gem, a dark one. Of common garden ones that I, I like, one of mine would be one called Little Lady. It's a pale blue flower, but very heady scented, not too big. So you can sort of grow it in a small border, about 18 inches spread. So that would be one of mine off-the-shelf lavenders if you had to buy one. So 
thinking about the different varieties of lavender, there's obviously French lavender. Do you have any French lavender here, Paul? I do have a couple that I've kept because I've bred them, but um, I don't tend to have the passion in, in the, the French lavenders or Stokers varieties that um, I used to grow. The thing is, they, they are more finicky. Just be aware, when you go to a garden centre, all these wonderful ones with these sterile bracts on top, the butterfly lavenders and whatever else, are not always the hardiest ones there. If you take, for example, there was one called Q Red that came out about 10, 15 years ago now. It looked a marvellous little flower, a little red flower and everything else. But like most of these unusual colours, they're tender. They don't put up with our climate at all. So if you're going to do them, make sure, A, you take cuttings because they, they perform better having it almost as an annual than just normal lavender. So, And then with some of the other varieties that are sort of hardy, minus 8, minus 10, Make sure you deadhead them right through the summer. Very important. Keep that flowering as often as you can. And they will go leggy if you don't trim them back. And I always, on French lavender, I cut them back three times a year. So I made sure that I kept them young, kept that energy below, because when they go woody, they will stay woody. They won't reshoot again. So just be aware of that. If you're growing lavender, French lavenders, fantastic. Enjoy them in a pot if they are a bit tender, or pot them, put them in a pot and put them out on your ground. Again, don't overwater them, but be aware they are more tender than the traditional Angustifolia. Good advice, thank you. Of course, we're not on the Isle of Wight anymore. We're here in Durley Marsh, and you are still cultivating lavenders. How many lavenders do you have here at the farm? A lot of the world. I mean, we're sat in a bed here now. A lot of these varieties I've actually bred. I've got one called Tea Room, which is a wonderful one that, um, again, I want to put in propagation, which is, um, it's job to explain it, because it's, not that. it's really a grey lavender, and you won't see a grey lavender. And uh, I can always remember seeing, and I, had, I just drifted completely off your question. I remember on the island, I had a, a lady turn up at the farm one day and she said, she said, oh, you got a yellow lavender? And I said, yellow lavender? No, it's one of those things you just can't get hold of. You know, you can't get a yellow sweet pea, you can't get a yellow lavender, it doesn't happen. She said, oh, no, no, no my, my neighbour had a yellow lavender. I said, well, it could be a French lavender, it could be a French Stokers Viridis or whatever it might be. And anyway, she was insistent it was an English one anyway. So she said, go over and find it. Went over there and I found this wonderfully manicured, cultivated bit of ground. I said, oh, it's a lot of, you know, nonsense. Anyway, and I knocked on the door and the lady came out and I said, did you have a yellow lavender? She said, yes, I did about a day ago. I said, what, yellow? She said, no, really, more like butter. And I went, are you joking? Is it an English one? Yeah, she said, been there quite a few years. She said, I got fed up with it, didn't know what to do and I chucked it away. And I said, well, you probably chucked away one of those unique things that happens in nature. And if I could have had that, you would have seen it on the market. It's such a shame. So that was that was a sad story. On, oh, on, on what lavender. a shame! I've never seen a, a yellow one never since. Never you would see it. it. May you may be lucky. And just just one of those freaks of nature. A little seed chucks up a yellow one, and then you just propagate it by cuttings. But you know you've got a wide range of colours in in lavenders and lavendins, etc. And as I said, they 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 are amazing, amazing for wildlife, amazing for fragrance, amazing for your borders. They they do so much. And I, I like I said, I, I just absolutely adore them. Now you have in the past showed your lavenders at the Chelsea Flower Show. Mm. You don't do that anymore? I'm, I'm just too busy. I, I want to go up there again one day, I must say. I, I, I made a lot of good friends in different areas and being horticulturally trained everywhere, I'm not just passionate about lavender, I'm more passionate about all plants. But um, I made some amazing friends with fantastic experts and I've done every RHS show and I've won President's Awards and stuff like that. So I've been very lucky to have that experience. I do miss it. It's like anything else. You start these shows at Chelsea, you say never again, because it is a long old wind. There's a lot of work in that involved with people setting up and that. But um, would I like to do it again? Of course I would, yeah. I'd love to do it again one day. 
Now, what advice would you give people who are growing lavender? Obviously, now is the time when the lavender's out. It's looking stunning. It smells gorgeous. The bees are all around it. We've had a few bees around us here. Mm. But obviously, later in the year, it needs looking after and cutting back. Mm. What's, what's the right kind of care for lavender? Okay, what you've got to think of is, is a herb. All right, It's the same family as rosemary. Now, one of the worst things you can do, even though it's a good companion plant for roses, so you can plant lavenders under roses, etc., and it's great for like keeping pests down, etc. But what you've got to remember is it is a drought-tolerant plant, and what it doesn't like is too much water. So forget it. Don't go watering it, don't heavy-handed with it, because it, just forget it. Once it's in, water it in. If you happen to be planting in the summer, okay, water it in for a little bit. Just now and again, once, twice a week. But what it is, it's a Mediterranean plant, and it's got the silver foliage. Now, that silver foliage takes in the moisture in the mornings, so it, it naturally takes in what it needs to do. So you imagine in, the, in its native habit, it's up in the rocks and the hills and everything else. Now, you ain't got nothing going on up there. There's not a lot of water every day, and there's only a lot of goat that comes along and grazes it down. But it likes that. So he's happy with the goats. So the thing is, what you've got to do is, is plant the lavender you want. You want to give it plenty of space so you've got a nice lot of sunshine and everything else in it. Enjoy the flowers, let them grow through. When they start dying back, rather than just leaving them to go woody and stems and everything else, start cutting that plant back by at least a third. So what you do is just gather it up from the sides, in the middle, cut it straight through, and you'll have a lovely sort of shape already done for you. If it's too big and you can do it with older ones, you can just cut it again about two inches above on the green area. Now what this happens, it keeps it nice and young, keeps the strength in the base of the plant, because if you leave it and leave it, you'll get a woody lavender and people just think that's what's gonna happen. When you're cutting it back, sort of August, September time. Don't leave it to the spring, too late. We don't wanna be doing that. What I would do is cut it August time, you can take cut in September, and then you've got little plants to carry on for the new year if you want to keep that particular cultivar. And then you'll find by the time of September there, you've got this wonderful pincushion, and it's fantastic. Still got the aromatic fragrance on the leaf, and that'll set it in place for the new year. But remember, it is a herb, so don't overwater. Now, can you take cuttings from lavender? And if so, how do you do that? Well, cuttings are pretty straightforward for anyone that does a bit of gardening. But when, you, when you've cut back your lavenders and you see the new shoots come up, wait till they get to about, you know, inch, two inches and then cut under the leaf node, nice and neatly. You don't need hormone root and powder, but you just need to do it when it wants to still grow. And then either pop it in a pot, plant your lavenders, just about, just if you pinch where the first set of leaf nodes come out, just set it in a very gritty compost, water it in, and then just mist the leaves occasionally, or water it now and again. And you'll find that before long, it'll start shooting and away you go. Paul, it's been lovely sitting here next to the lavender, I chatting know, to you I about know. lavender. It makes me look a lot prettier than I usually look. <laughs> it's quite pleasant. I don't often stop, so this is a sort of nice, uh, this is a nice break to be able to sort of stop. Yeah, it's, it's really lovely. Thanks so much, Paul. Nice to talk to you again. Thanks, Claire. Could you be the welcoming face of a famous Petersfield hotel, bar and coffee bar? The Old Drum is now recruiting front-of-house staff to work in its historic Chapel Street premises. If you're experienced in hotel, bar or cafe work or the hospitality industry, then the Old Drum can offer you mixed shifts with sociable hours and no late nights. You'll need to be responsible and reliable. Pay is competitive. You'll be trained in barista work. And there's a choice of full or half-time roles starting immediately. Contact Maria at The Old Drum for more information or send your CV to info at theolddrum.com.